Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 333. That's a fun number. Mm. It's good, right? Uh, it's made possible by our sponsors, Pingdom and ExpressVPN. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Mike Hurley. Hello there. What's going on? Nothing much. I'm uh, Googling to try and help Federico with a problem that he uh, started <laughs> going down um, in Connected Pro. Mm. If someone wants to hear about that, how could they get their hands on Connected Pro? Go to getconnectedpro.co and you can sign up and we will really appreciate it. And I just checked that the URL was the right one and it is getconnectedpro.co. Uh, you can sign up $5 a month or $50 a year. You'll support the show. You get episodes of our ads and additional content, which is always fun. Uh, speaking of Federico, he's here on the normal show as well. Hello, Federico. Uh, I am still here despite my problem. Despite my very important question, I'm here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're all together. I'm here for the for the good of the show, not for you two, but for the listeners. Yeah. But the good of the show benefits the two of us. <laughs> if that's what you like to think. Sure. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have we not been paying Federico? <laughs> no, I'm also here for you. I somewhat care about you two. Okay. You're mostly here for the money. He's, he's just here for the money. This is where we find out <laughs> Federico does this is all for the money. Uh, is our engagement broken off? Oh my gosh, that happened. That's happened. So was it ever real? Oh. Felt real. Did either of you put a ring on it? Well, I shipped him one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying customs for your engagement ring, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you took care of it. You know, DHL, UPS, whatever you. Chose. I hope you took care of customs. I just taped a ten dollar bill to the outside of it, so I'm sure that's it's fine. not how it works. Grease in the palm, <laughs> grease in the palm. We all know you got to grease the palm with the DHL, right, Federico? Sure. It's the only way to get sure. it. The only way to make it work. Yeah. Coming from the guy who has the phone number of his delivery man, right? He's that's not so unusual. Yeah, it is. It's pretty unusual. No. Man. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> If you are out there listening and you have the phone number of your delivery guy and you use it to <laughs> arrange deliveries, you know, it's not like he went to college with you and your friends, but like it is a business, like professional delivering relationship. Yeah, I want to be very clear. There's, there's no coded language here about delivery guy arranged. We're talking like package carrier, UPS, DHL, FedEx. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing else. Mm -hmm. What else would it be? I don't think it's uh, it, I don't think it's weird. <laughs> I've done I've done stranger things. I know. So if you have that sort of relationship, <laughs> <Moving> on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then tweet at Federico and tell him about it. Let him know he's not alone. First, I'd rather you answer my problem from Connected Pro. Yeah. Yes. And well, it's not just a money a money grab. Look, I, I seriously have a problem remembering that thing. So. But also money is nice. We so. are now treating it as a money grab, though. But also it's pretty cool. So. Yeah. You want to follow, follow up? up? Yes. Follow up. Ooh, nice sync. Okay. Last week we spoke about crafts um, outlining folding mode. What is it called? Toggle list mode. Toggling. Uh, it seems like craft has heard our cries and hopefully are working to improve it, which is really cool. I will say this, um, the folks behind Craft, while I don't know them personally, 
have been extremely responsive to feedback and emails. And it's really cool. Like they are very passionate about what they're doing. It's one reason I love the app so much because they're really in tune with uh, what their users are asking for. And I think that's, I think that's really cool. Did you guys see that Notion went down last week? I think it was last week Mm -hmm. and everyone went mad. Yeah. It's almost as if they should have an offline mode that they've been talking about for a year and a half. Hmm. Hmm. Imagine if the imagine if the note taking app that was also like your database and your spreadsheet and like people use it for all kinds of things was more than a website. I'm struggling to imagine how we could call it. Maybe offline web. A stack of paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. It's like an imagine, app that's native somehow. What is an app? What what's an app? All I use are websites. <laughs> PWAs. <laughs> what was that with something with attitude we decided, I can't remember what it was we decided on I don't know programming with attitude programs with attitude <laughs> PWA baby what are what are your guys thoughts on people who call them programs instead of apps that they're old I guess <laughs> That's, they were called programs before 2007 no, we didn't call them applications. Like people called software programs, I think. So I think how it worked, and maybe someone in the chat room can verify this, but I feel like Windows users called them programs and mm. app users called them were more likely to call them applications, especially in the OS ten era. But what if you have what if you have a Windows PC but also an iPhone? Jason's in the chat saying Jobs called them apps way before the App Store. And that might be fine. But I, the thing is, so the, the what I'm saying here is that, like, the dominant set the trend, right? So, like, I would imagine there are a lot of Mac users that still called them programs because they were called programs on Windows and Windows was dominant. But now phones are so dominant, they're called apps. So even though uh, I think they're still – I don't even remember if they're called programs still on Windows – but people just call them apps now. You know, it's just shifted in the other direction. So I, they were called programs, whether app, whether they were called apps or applications by uh, Apple. Like, it was program. Application program, apparently, in macOS, says Jason again. Jason's here giving a lot of follow-up today. API means application programming interface. I thought it meant bees. Well, that's made it worse, isn't it? I, I want to call them interfaces. <laughs> Let's just go for the final... <laughs> That's what they call them on Linux. They call them interfaces. Why are we talking about this? I don't remember. Me neither. So let's move on. Oh, we were complaining. We were making jokes about Notion Mm -hmm. being... Oh, yeah. uh, Well, we always do. So is that different from any other episode? I'm sure it was terrible for people who have their whole business in it or their whole life. Maybe you should have things in more than one application. You can't put your whole life in more than one application. Did you see that Microsoft Office on iOS and I think some other things, like, put all the office apps on one application now yeah well that's been that's been around for a while but it was iphone only now it's on ipad it makes sense because you pay for 365 as one thing now so why why have three apps you may as well just have one app Mm. and access let word be word and let powerpoint be powerpoint why because they're different things but it's not like now powerpoint works like word so it's one application. I mean, to I be fair, I don't use Office. you can still get the three separate applications if you just want one of them. But if but you want them all, you can have one app, together. one app to roll them all. And you, you you go into like PowerPoint mode. 
And it's just PowerPoint? Well, you just open a PowerPoint and it opens the PowerPoint mode. Oh, it's very confusing. I don't think it's as confusing. <laughs> How do you deal with Google Drive? Well, that's on the I web, have... so it's not real. It's not a program application. Right. But also, when I used to use Google Drive, I had the, sen- the separate apps. Yeah, so do I. But I'm just saying, like, if you use Google Drive, everything's listed together. You can, you know, you're big and strong. You can work it out. Yeah, but Drive is like the finder for those files. Right. And the new. And then you open, they're open to docs or spreadsheets. You've mixed metaphors. Anyways. Mixed the metaphors. I didn't mix any metaphors. I will mix your metaphor. But this is not in follow up. So why are we talking about it? I don't know. Stephen read a headline and then thought he'd bring it to the show. That's what happened. Let's talk about MacBook Pros. Okay. Last week, we mentioned this really weird uh, Apple support document and repair program that if you have a MacBook Pro of a certain age, it wouldn't charge past 1%, and they said they fixed it with software. We're going to talk about this again in a second in a different context. Uh, we heard from listener Chris, who said their 2016 MacBook Pro suffered the 1% battery affliction, as <laughs> he calls it. Uh, affliction? That's, that's we good. heard from, like... Lots of people, actually. I was kind of surprised about this. Chris is getting credit because I think Chris was first. Yeah. And that counts for something. If you listen immediately or live, you're rewarded. It's not that we love you more. It's just that you're more likely to be in follow-up. So Chris's machine would basically instantly die when disconnected from power. And so that seems like it was only charging to 1%. (laughs) And then just cutting off because 1% of a battery that's already several years old is not a lot of runtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also said that it would the machine would only power up when plugged into Cernet USB-C ports, which is also weird and troubling. Yeah, because I think the question that we had was, did would the machine stay on for four hours on 1%? Would it like immediately die? And the question I don't think we're going to get an answer to, but I would still love to know is like, was it the battery or was it the soft? Like, what was actually the problem? Because it feels mm-hmm. to me like it's the software and it was just refusing to read the battery's um, uh, charge no matter what. Uh, we also spoke about iOS 14.5. We're going to talk about more about that later, but we wanted to follow up on a couple things. Uh, the first is that audio applications can be set in Siri. So we talked about that in terms of Spotify. You can basically tell Siri that Spotify is the app that you want to talk to. Uh, Charlie Chapman wrote in, he de- he develops Dark Noise, which is a great iOS app, mm-hmm. and said that uh, it does seem like it's just the existing SiriKit media intents, which I think is what we yeah. kind of assumed they were, yeah. because it's showing up working for other people, and it's the only API that they've ever used to integrate with Siri, and Dark Noise shows up in that list. So, So there you go. SiriKit Media Intense. Yeah, that was a good theory, and I'm glad that it was right. Let's just skip this next part follow-up. Greengate! No, I don't want to talk After about this. After multiple attempts, Apple says they have finally fixed it with iOS 14.5 Beta 2. They've said this before, and it has continued for some users. It's not this dramatic, finally, confer- like, it's not this dramatic. Apple was doomed before this. <laughs> Okay. You could do a version sure. of that wired cover, you know, like the prey one, but like it's just like a slight green tint over the cover. <laughs> it's like a green blob. <laughs> <sighs> so Green Gate is uh apparently fixed. Is it over? Is it over for good? We'll see. They've said it before. Uh Mike, you wanna take this next one? 
Yeah, Apple is launching a podcast to promote for all mankind, um, which is uh, uh, space-focused, and I want to say fantasy, but alternate reality, I guess we could say, show, uh, which premieres season two, episode one of season two comes out this Friday, and Apple is launching their own uh, kind of watch-along podcast to go along with it and a behind-the-scenes podcast so which is cool like this is a thing that we'd thought that they were likely to do if apple were going to get into podcasts of their own to create stuff uh, that goes alongside their tv content seems like a good win people like that kind of stuff they are doing something really weird where the show comes out weekly but they're releasing new episodes of the show fortnightly like i i honestly cannot fathom the thinking behind that it seems very very strange to me uh, mm-hmm. but it is available like everywhere this isn't like an apple podcasts only show you can subscribe to it in any app in a way that is easier i think than apple news today which is like technically you could but apple kind of did everything they could to try and stop you from doing that but this one doesn't seem to be the case which also makes sense because this is kind of like a marketing effort an engagement effort for their show while we're talking about for all mankind Stephen, would you like to promote this week's episode of liftoff uh yes episode 143 of liftoff which will be out on thursday february 18th is the plan so it's not out as i speak but it'll be out tomorrow is a special episode of liftoff where we got to interview somebody closely involved with the show and it was a lot of fun uh jason and i have got to uh see some of season two and it's it's very exciting i love this show and i'm really excited for it to come back it's a big deal i can't wait for liftoff yep go check it out i will uh I'll be sure to tweet about it when it's up. It should be uh, towards the end of the day tomorrow. Let's take a break. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom. Hey, you. Do you have a website? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think anyone was going to answer. I was talking to the audience. You are? Oh, okay. Sorry. I wasn't sure if you were talking to me. It seemed quite like pointed. Anyone who could say yes to this, whether you're a podcast host or not, you need to know if your website is having issues, if critical website transactions are failing, because that means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. It will alert you when cart checkout forms and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. So for me, if we have an issue with Relay, I get a text and I get a push notification. You can customize those also to who is alerted. So certain outages can bother certain people in your organization. It's really great. You can make that all dependent on the severity of the outage. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest experience possible on your site. And if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash relay FM right now for a 30 day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the show and Relay FM. Do you want to bring back your incredibly popular topic wheel for today's episode? You know, I, I really don't want to rely on gimmicks to move the show forward. Right. I don't think it's necessary. Wow. Okay. I mean, you put a lot of work into that last week, so I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Somebody hates fun here. You made us go through that whole thing, and now you're ditching it? Well, it's fun. I mean, if you do it once, it's a fun, quirky thing on the show. If you do it two times in a row, doesn't it kind of lose the magic? 
Well, I, th- I thought it was going to become like a new format thing. Mm. Fine. Tiny Topic 1. Steve Moser, who writes over at, is it Mac Rumors, I believe? It's Mac Rumors. Yes. Yeah. Contributing writer at Mac Rumors is one of the more recent people that I've noticed has been digging into code mm-hmm. um, recently and has been finding some interesting things in new beta releases of software. And one of the things that he found is something called mobile charge mode in the, uh, I wrote in the notes here, the 15.4 beta. <laughs> I think I was tired when I wrote this this morning. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. <laughs> it's the 14.5 beta. Uh, I mean, that would be that'd be quite some interesting spelunk in there, right? Like if you go all the way to why it was 15.4. Yeah, not an early build, but a point update. <laughs> That's a year away. <laughs> uh, and it's referencing a battery pack. Now, mm. there's, a, there's a potential here for something to change with the battery cases. Uh, we could be looking at something MagSafe related. And wouldn't mm-hmm. it be kind of cool if instead of that case that we have now, they just uh, take advantage of MagSafe and give you a little yeah. uh, little brick to stick on the back of your phone? That's for what they should do. Yeah, I agree. So you're saying that instead of a case? Instead of a case or in addition to a case. Like, that's a beautiful thing about MagSafe. You can keep your Apple case or any MagSafe, like official MagSafe case, and then you can get the pack and you, and you just stick it to the case. Because previously you had to use the battery case. In this case, it would just be a little magnetic battery that you just stick to your phone when you need some extra charge. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful idea. Like, they should, they should have done it already. Well, here's and the thing with the case. Though, that I, what I liked about the case is then your phone was just in the case. You didn't have to worry about something else. You have to carry sure. something else around, you know? But hey, hey. MagSafe is a thing, so whatever. I now think gonna... whatever they do, if they ever do a case or a battery pack, it should work with, with MagSafe, right? And yes. so you don't have to do that weird offset lightning port thing. Yeah, did. which made the case taller, right? Because yeah. you had to like slide your phone in down on top of the lightning port, which always felt like very... I mean, they, I don't think they were fragile, but it always felt kind of weird. It's like, I got to make sure it's all lined up so I don't break this thing off. Yeah, I'd like the battery case to make a return. I think having just a, a, just a MagSafe battery would be cool too, but the case was fantastic when you traveled, uh, mainly, Mike, for exactly the reason you said, that you don't have to worry... Because your phone is just in it. And mm-hmm. I know when I traveled previously that my phone just stayed in it for the whole trip. And it was it was great. Some people may wonder why this would be now. Uh, actually dug in a little bit to this. Apple normally when they release battery cases do it several months into the life of a phone. So with the 10s, it was in January after they had come out. The iPhone 11 was in November. iPhone 7 came out, and the battery case was in September, so they were pretty close. And mm-hmm. the iPhone 6S was December of that year. So very often, whatever these accessories are, either aren't ready for launch, or Apple just holds them and releases them a few months later for whatever reason. You know why? Because they want you to get annoyed at the battery life of your new phone first. So then you're like, ah, now I'm actually kind of annoyed that it's not lasting as much as I hoped. And so I'm going to buy the battery pack. I have a slightly different feeling on why they do this. Is that I don't think that they want to say like, hey, here's that new phone you're buying. And by the way, the battery isn't long enough <laughs> for you, right? Also that. So first is all the excitement. You're getting the new phone. You think the battery is going to last me forever because, I mean, let's face it, every, every year we think that. And then a few months later, you're like, well, actually, you know, I could go for some extra juice on my phone. 
And so I'm going to get that battery case or pack or whatever. It'll be uh, great for i12. <clears throat> It'll... Mm-hmm. No, 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 no edit, no edit, no edit. Do you hear that click? No, what is an I-12? What is an I-12? Did you hear Ari clicked Federico? That means he's going to edit out his flub there. I don't think that I would get or you would get that kind of treatment. I take out all sorts of things you guys say. No, I'm very aware of that. You take out all my good jokes. Wow. No. Yeah, you do. You only leave the bad ones in. (laughs) Last week, you specifically asked me to cut something, and I did. I don't remember what it was, but I bet there was a very good reason for it. Talk about freedom of press. Wow, not over (laughs) here. What does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know what they should do? They should make, like, a case where it's like a case and you could like have multiple battery packs and you just keep putting the battery packs in like you just keep recharging it and your phone just lasts forever like a stack of battery pancakes <laughs> yeah you just keep just keep adding them one and they all add you don't take actually you don't take any of them off you just keep adding to it so your phone just gets thicker and thicker throughout the day i love it i, w- I kind of want to do it i wish that the battery so if they do a magsafe battery pack that sticks to your phone the pack itself should have magsafe so you Put keep sticking on things on top of it <laughs> you can put your wallet on top that'd be great i want to put my wallet on top of the pack which is on top of the phone which is on top of the case mm. it's gonna be magnets all the way down Building like a little skyscraper there yeah like a little magsafe tower on, on my phone <laughs> i love it why aren't they man you can tell the johnny i've left apple they're not doing these things anymore like the guy used to do like a mouse that charged from at the bottom. Like the guy was wild back in his day. He's yeah, a mad lad. I kind of, I kind of miss him. Anyways, what I was saying is maybe this is how they get some more money out of iPhone 12 mini customers. You know, they're not selling a lot of those phones, but all those people want a battery case. <laughs> they all need the battery case. Because <laughs> your battery don't last because your phone's too small. That's right. It's not a problem on the bigger phones. Nope. Up next, we have sort of part two of what I'm calling Is Apple Bad at Battery Software? Okay. LOL. Nice title. Yeah, it needs a little work, I think, but it's pretty close. You should have a blog. <laughs> I should. Maybe you could call it Fork something. Fork Blaster. Fork Charger. <laughs> fork Charger. <laughs> this is from Apple. A very small number of customers with Apple Watch Series 5 or Apple Watch SE models running watchOS 7.2 or 7.3 have experienced an issue with their watch not charging after it enters power reserve. So your watch would dip down to power reserve and just never come out. (laughs) Apple says they have fixed this in watchOS 7.3.1, but if your watch is still affected by this, they will replace it for you. Do you guys ever think about the Apple Watch SE? Nope. I appreciate that question, Mike. Mm. I do sometimes think about it. It's like, hey, remember when they did that? Like, like I three months ago. Of, <laughs> yeah, but does it feel like three months ago? No, it feels like a long time ago. Because there were so many product releases. Like This was the first one of the like three events in three months. So it, I think it kind of feels like a longer time mm-hmm. ago than, than, than we otherwise would. Yeah, but I sometimes think about it in the context of, man, we talked about that thing for such a long time and then they did it and then it's almost like nobody cares. Well, because they they did a bad job, in my opinion. I said it at the time. It's not cheap enough. It's too expensive. Mm. Yeah, the should should be much cheaper. 
I, I really hope that they can find a way to just drive that price down. Like they just like kind of freeze the product and drive the price down. But like it, it removed too many features and the price is too high, um, I think, for, for what you get. But it's just, it's a funny thing to think about. It's like they had this whole product and then... And they did that whole segment of, of the presentation with you being able to buy an Apple Watch for your kid mm-hmm. and, you know, letting your kid go outside with the watch. Mm-hmm. Is anybody doing that? Like, honestly? Like, do we know anybody who's doing that to their kid? I'm I think, sure some people are. I think the Armin's are, so? but that's the only people I can think of. Because mm. Marco's talked about it on ATP. Mm. But... Yeah, I mean, we haven't looked at it for our kids. Like, maybe when they're older. So, like, you have a tracker on your child? That's basically what he does? I guess that's... I, like, are you saying that as if it's creepy? I like, I was getting there. Like, I... There, I mean, this is such a difficult thing, right? Like, this is this is such a, such a, such a difficult... I kind of think it's creepy. It's tricky. It's really tricky, because I understand it. It's, this is one of, like, one of the many, many hard problems of the technology age in children like mm-hmm. uh photos is another thing it's like a, a, a great article which i'll put in the show notes from joanna stern about this years ago i think mm-hmm. about taking pictures of your children and posting them online uh because they have no say in it right mm-hmm. because of course they don't they're a young child right they don't have concept of why this is even a thing um but you are like training algorithms and stuff by putting their pictures out there into the world like someone could you could like find pictures of them as a kid when they're 25 because you posted it it's a it's an interesting interesting idea uh and this is like another one of those things because i like me and adina have find my own for each other mm-hmm. oh really yeah uh and that's hmm. a decision that we chose so like if when we would go places uh, I could see if she was on her way back or whatever, and she could do the same for me rather than needing to ask. I think I have find my on with Steven all the time. I have a couple of friends that I have it on with too, and I'm kind of, I'm fine with it, right? But it's one of those things where it doesn't. If you don't want to do that, it doesn't mean that you're up to no good. But I think one of the issues is people take it that way, right? Like. If if I said to Federico, like, hey, you can have my location all the time, can I have yours? And he said no. I'd be like, you know, they could be like, oh, why? What are you up to? Right? But Federico might just be like, I just don't know, want people knowing where I am all the time. So extrapolating that out for kids, it's like, as a parent, you now have this technology that, like, if you let your kid go to places or whatever, you have the ability to have the safety that, like, the peace of mind in you can check where they are, but then the kid has to be cool with that. I don't know. It's it's super tricky. Like I don't think I, I don't think I can really say one way or another how I feel about it. And so yeah, mm. Stephen, you're the only one of us that has children. That's true. Right. Maybe you should walk into this minefield for us. It is tricky. I definitely agree about pictures of children on social media. I never would have thought any differently about this until after I watched the video that Joanna made. Yeah. And and it, that set my thinking that if we ever have kids, that I wouldn't post uh, pictures of their faces uh, online. Yeah. I, I don't do it. Mary will do it on occasion. You know, we've got friends and family members, like their child's whole life is 
documented on Instagram, and I just don't want that for my kids. As far as something like an Apple Watch, I think we would do it if they were, you know, if they were a little bit older than they are now, and if they understood, you know, what what it does. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're old enough to carry phones, you know, which I mean, my fifth graders have friends in their classes with iPhones, and it blows my mind. How old is that? Fifth grade. 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, kind of in there. That feels about the age for me, though. Uh, like, I mean, everyone's different, but like that kind of feels like the age for It me. feels young for us. Right. But we are very conservative with technology with our kids because we know what harm it can bring. And so f- for us, like when they have a phone, like part of the deal will be is find Maya's on. Because, you know, at, at that point, if they're, you know, the world would be hopefully back to normal and, and we'd like to know what they're up to. But again, we would have the conversation with them about about why we're doing it. It's not that we don't trust you. It's not that we're spying on you. It's that we have this in case something happens. It's not that I'm at home with this window open on my Mac all day. It's that if we can't get a hold of you or you need us, you know, other way around, then we have these other ways to connect. So I think it's definitely about your kids being able to understand what's going on with this. Mm-hmm. Man, this took a hard left turn from broken Apple watches, but, but I think, I mean, and it's different for every family and every kid, right? So it's, it's a complicated thing. Um, I think the worst thing you can do is just kind of walk into it casually. I think as long as you take it seriously and have a good conversation, then people will come to different decisions on it. And that's totally cool. And so, Federico, I'm assuming that you're very much in the no column on this one. Well... And this, I, look, I want to say, for the record, I think you are perfectly valid in holding that opinion. I just... If that is your opinion. I'm not sure what my opinion is. Uh, obviously, uh, we don't have kids, so this is all theoretical at this point. But the thing is uh, that I, you know, I, I grew up and I was fortunate because I could just, when I was 10 or 12, I just left the house after doing my homework like 3 p.m. with my little bicycle and I would just hang around with my friends Mm -hmm. and we would do all kinds of stupid stuff and I would bruise my knees and we would play soccer in the street and like the parents of the other of my friends like they would check on us from you know it was a small community it was like outside played in the dirt you know play hide and seek you know very uh like old school type of you know interactions and we didn't have phones we didn't we didn't have technology whatsoever and that to me is sort of like in ideally it's kind of like the experience that I would want to have for my kid you know mm-hmm. yeah, but that world doesn't exist anymore with or without tracking of devices well maybe but, and the other thing is that like most of those things that you described Having an Apple Watch that says what your location is doesn't stop you from doing any of that stuff. Sure, but it's all, it also, like, I think to an extent, the idea that you're not being tracked and that you make a promise to your parents and you got to hold up to it, it creates a sense of responsibility in you. Mm. Without you having to, you know, you have the fallback of, oh, but I know that my parents are monitoring me anyway. Being intentional in being responsible when you're outside. I don't know. I it's a complicated subject. I mean, and there's always the point that like kids are resourceful and they will find ways around all of it because they're smarter than you right. when it comes to this stuff, right? right? Like they, they will find their way around it, you know? 
Right. Like, I'm sure that there was a similar thing where you talk, because you, you grew up in a small town, right? Which I, I think as well makes your yes. um, experience maybe different to other people's experiences like mine. I grew up in a major metropolis, so that it was just considered different about what you would and wouldn't do as a, as a young kid. Mm-hmm. But growing up in that small town, you will have uh, the restrictions of the parents talking to each other, right? Everyone yep. knows everyone. So yep. if you get caught doing something, it's going to get back to your mum. Yes. Right? Like so you have like that kind of tracking system to deal with too. Absolutely. I don't know, just I'm just very concerned about the idea of giving kids technology products in general at a very young age. Mm. Because it being this my job <laughs> and it's kinda like a like a paradox, maybe. I wouldn't want them to be exposed to all to all of this stuff early on especially because like the internet is a bad place mm-hmm. if you don't have the tools or the knowledge to deal with it. Oh, parenting is tough. Who knew? I think I think I fall more on the 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 like the, the, the idea of giving younger children technology doesn't necessarily I'm not necessarily against that, but it's about having like I know that like a lot of parents have like restrictions on device time and stuff. Mhm. I don't really imagine I will be very strict on that as a parent because I was not an outdoorsy kid at all. Oh, okay. So, and I feel, I feel like I turned out mostly okay. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> I did say, <laughs> I think. Because <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> There's some issues with uh, Apple Watches charging. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is... Basically, this uh, this is this is like a, a kind of a non-topic at this point. Now we've gone so far off the reservation. Yeah, well, I, I I gave him the news twenty-five minutes ago. So mm-hmm. update to seven point three point one. If your watch doesn't come out of low power mode, get in touch with mm-hmm. Apple, and they'll replace them. Mm-hmm. And maybe Apple should look at its what's happening with its battery software. Yeah, because. I mean, I'm sure that this and the Mac issue aren't related, but to have two of these things back to back is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not funny to the people dealing with it, but it's funny to me. Ready for another break? Mm-hmm. Yes. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ExpressVPN. In the real world, if you're looking for privacy, you close a door. But online, we leave doors open everywhere we go. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like never closing the door behind you. Your ISP, Comcast or Verizon, whoever, they know what websites you're visiting. And if they want to, they can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. So your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I've used ExpressVPN for years. It really gives me this peace of mind that what I'm doing is private. Uh, Not only, you know, kind of the classic when I'm at the coffee shop or in the airport, but when I'm at home as well. And it works on everything, phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected, even if they don't have the ExpressVPN app on their device. And the best part is, ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the door. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless others. So if you're like me and think your online activity is your business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com slash connected today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash connected, where you can get an extra three months for free. ExpressVPN.com slash connected. 
Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the show. Stephen, do you own any Throwboy products? I don't. I I have come across these. People send me these all the time. I don't love the stuffed... The little pillows, the cushions? Yeah, the pillows. I don't like the pillows. Okay, because this is that thing that they're known for. Throwboy have been around for a long Forever. time making mm-hmm. cushions with technology things. You know, they've made little finders and Macs and uh, RSS icons and all kinds of stuff. Uh, well, they've now... While they have been known for their pillows, they have now made blankets. And I saw these uh, reported on a Mac Rumors. And I just, when I see this stuff, Stephen, I always think of you. And I feel like one of these products, maybe especially the, they have two blankets. One is styled after the original Mac, and one is styled as the Finder icon. And I feel like the Finder icon one specifically, that feels like a very Stephen Hackett product. I wanted to know what you thought. Well, it is. I saw this in the show notes and bought one before we started recording. Because he's old, because he's old and he needs a blanket? Yeah, he's old and cold. Mm-hmm. Got a Finder logo blanket on the way. These look really nice, though, honestly, like quality-wise. Like, they look really nice, like fleecy and stuff. Very nice looking. I think so. Honestly, this is, this is exactly how I imagine you in your retirement on a sofa with a Macintosh blanket on top of you. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Remembering the good old days. Dude, it's going to be me in like three weeks when this thing shows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have to wait to retirement. And you're cold right now, right? So Yes. Yeah. It is uh, 19 degrees outside. What is that? So yeah, I, uh, I like the Finder blanket. I think it's going to look great in my office. I have the Susan Care blanket with all of the icons on it. And so this will be a nice addition to that. The Susan Care one, I want to hang like a tapestry in a castle, but I don't have room for that currently. It's more like a throw, really, isn't it, the Susan Care one? Yeah. Um, and this is definitely more uh, blankety. Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna uh, put this on a couch somewhere. Feels like something for the studio. Yeah. If I had a couch in the studio, I would go there, but I don't have room for a couch. You get chilly when you record. You put it over your lap, you know? It's true. I'm wearing a jacket right now. And a hat because it's cold out here. We could have had a could have had a you could have been wrapped in the warm embrace of the Finder logo. <laughs> That's right, being absorbed by the Finder. Mm-hmm. Yes, this looks awesome. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. I admit they were doing blankets. Uh, the pillows aren't for me, but this is fantastic. This is a vastly superior looking product to the pillows. Yeah, that for I think. I mean, look, looking at it now, the only pillow that I would maybe do is the spinning beach ball. That's a good one. But none of the others really speak to me as a pillow. I had or have some of the original ones. Like, I remember when this company started. Mm -hmm. They've been around a long time. A long time. And I remember buying a couple. I don't remember what ones I got, though. They have all sorts of stuff. Headwear. You can get a a hat with the command logo. You get a pocket pillow. I don't know exactly what that would be for, but. Well, it's if you get tired on the go, you just keep it with you and just lay down on the sidewalk or on the on the escalator in the in the shopping mall and right. just take a little rest. Uh, I gotta say, I kind of like they have a sweatshirt that just says like nine forty one on it. Yeah, like that looks like the um, the clock of an iPhone. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Like that looks good. Yeah, they also have a shirt and a hoodie. It's all sold out, but it says Apple II and Macintosh and iMac and iPod. Yeah, so I don't like that style of of much. I see that a lot. But I like the 941. Uh, dang, it's kind of cool. You should do it. Nah. 
I just lo- I just want to get the avocado pillow. What a millennial! That's all I want. That's all I need in my life at the moment. Which one? The avocado. You just got the avocado like pillow. he sees what he says. Like an avocado is what I want. Literally, that's all I. That's all I need. I don't want the NES controller. I don't want. I don't care about that stuff. Pff, gaming's for nerds. Am I right? Yeah, Macintosh. You need the Macintosh. I want an avocado pillow. Mm, okay. Look at that photo. It's good. You can hug it. You can mm-hmm. hug it. Think it's an avocado, but it's actually a pillow. I mean, that's a beautiful. This is I've stolen this from a greetings card, but you could avocado, right? Do you get it? Are you sure you're not a dad? Like have have a cuddle, avocado. I've se- I've seen that on a greetings card. I thought it was very funny. Oh my god. Is this how y'all feel when I make jokes? Yes, constantly. Yeah. Now imagine that for seven years. (laughs) 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 Now you get it. Now you get it. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you feel now? I feel great. Foldable iPhones. iPhone. iPhone. (laughs) My phone folded. (laughs) No, I didn't want to talk about this. I have pro- I have protested this uh, story multiple times, so I am not talking about it or introducing it. You wow. wanted it in here, so you can you can talk about it. Wow! I mean, you you did go off and rage start a whole podcast with Austin, so you could talk about folding phones. Well, yeah, because no one would let me. It kept getting cut. So this comes from. 9 to 5 Mac, which got it from iPhone in Canada, which got it from Chinese analyst firm Equal Ocean. Wow, it's an international rumor. Okay. It comes from Mac rumors. Because 9 to 5 Mac wrote the article where they said don't pay attention to the Mac rumors article, basically. Wait, are we are it blogging wars? Are we doing that? I think so. I'm here for it. Okay. So who's right? What? I'm, I'm team... I don't know. Don't take sides. <laughs> 9 to 5. I'm team 9 to 5. Oh, he's, he's taking the side. No, I mean, I love both of them. No, but you've taken a side. Let, no, let me see. In this case, I prefer the graphic on 9to5Mac. Okay. I prefer the photo there. That's the kind of foldable iPhone I'd want anyway. The Z Flip style. Hey, you're not invited to talk in this conversation. Remember? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll keep my mouth shut now. So, anyways, rumor could be coming. Not anything new there. But it raised the question uh, of what kind of os changes we could see like how could ios be adapted to this sort of thing federico i assume you have some ideas well i was thinking about this in the context of how it's not just about yeah you're folding the device and you know that's it obviously software needs to change and i was thinking maybe like the obvious feature that comes to mind with a folding phone, maybe multitasking should change and maybe it would be the time for split view of some sorts to come to the phone. Obviously, because you have a physical split in the middle of the device. And I just feel like it would be interesting to explore that kind of scenario. But also, I wonder what happens in terms of gaming is another interesting idea. Because I could see Apple maybe doing something similar to what Nintendo did with the with the DS years ago, sort of exploring this concept of yes, it can be one screen, but it can also be two screens at the same time. That is a fascinating idea to me. And in general, I mean, obviously, it depends on where the folding occurs. And I think, Mike, I kind of want to hear from you. What kind of folding style would you prefer? prefer on an iphone if it's an iphone right like if we're saying this is an iphone that folds the 
flip, like the closing, like the Z flip, I found to be the most satisfying. It just feels nice. There isn't a ton more utility to it other than it just feels like a nice device. And basically, you take a big phone and you fold it smaller and put it in your pocket. But like the ultimate idea is to take a already large device and make it larger. But there's just no form factor right now where this really works in the way that people want it to work. Because what you really want is it's one screen and you just fold the screen in half. But there is no type of um, glass that is durable enough to do this right now. So Mm -hmm. if we're going to look at all we have currently, then I think the folding, like a like basically flip phone model is the best one with the idea of like everyone, everyone wants to get to what Huawei did, but that, but that has been proven not to work because the outside screen is too fragile. And what you don't want is to put your phone down and then it busts, right? Like you, you, you basically put a hole in the thing and Hmm. that that's what can happen when you have this basically plastic with a very thin glass layer. Which is, I mean, all of this is probably why Apple were multiple years away from doing anything because the technology is really, really early. And I think I said this on Test Drivers recently, like, I'm happy that we have Samsung because there's a company that's pushing it. Like, they're pushing it forward, whether the world's ready for it or not. Like, they're, they're, they're trying to make it happen because you need someone, especially like a Samsung uh, because they make all the display technology for a lot of these devices to be testing it in public and pushing it forward and advancing their R&D. Because otherwise, we're never going to get uh, devices from other companies or fully formed devices. I can't help but think that widgets, you know, new in iOS 14, this new style, could be a big deal for this, where that outside screen that is maybe smaller, maybe that's the primary driver for that display. And it kind of uses the smart stack stuff and kind of shows you what it thinks is relevant. And then you open it to the full experience. I think that could be pretty interesting. We just on the outside, yes. But also like the idea of lock screen complications. That was uh, something that we discussed a bunch of times before. A lot of people have done concepts for that. There was a rumor of uh, always on display. Did you see this? Yes, I was getting there. I was okay. getting there. Maybe it, it can actually come to fruition this year if that rumor is correct. And if Apple is doing this new display that has some kind of always on capabilities, I can see something like that where it's kind of like the Apple Watch, but more powerful, where you can have complications for small glanceable visual updates on the lock, on the lock screen and then maybe those can become full-fledged widgets when you tap the screen and it wakes up. Something like that could be interesting. It doesn't necessarily have to wait for a folding phone, though. Like, I could see it on a regular iPhone this year as an iOS 15 feature. It'd be great. Uh, I think it'd be really nice to have sort of useful, glanceable information without having to wake up the screen. I mean, it's present on a bunch of Android phones, and I think it's great there. Do you think that they would make this a hardware thing? Yeah. Like it would be iPhone 13 only? Mm, yes. Right now, iOS 14 goes back to the iPhone 6S. I could say them saying, hey, it's only on OLED phones. And so it's 10, 11 Pro, and then the 12 and 12 Pro maybe. Because you, you, you want the OLED, right, for the the only pixels that are lit up are the complications. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, imagine if I could get like on the lock, on the lock screen a complication for... Like time zones 
Around, oh man, so much stuff I could pin to that lock screen. It'd be great. I'd love to see him uh, expand expand that stuff because right now you're just sort of stuck on the home screen or the today view, which you can get to from the lock screen if your phone is unlocked, but that's still interacting with it. And if it's always on, I can, you could just glance at it and see, oh, what time is it for so and so, and not have to really interact. And I think that would be, I think it'd be really useful. Yeah, I like for me the the always on stuff would be beneficial that if I get a notification my entire screen doesn't light up. Like I don't need that, you know? Like every time I get a notification I don't need the entire screen to light up, right? Like just light up certain pixels. I just think that's more elegant than showing me my like everything. Like here's your wallpaper, right? Like it's 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 Mm-mm. kind of like it's it's much more than is needed, you know. Like it's yeah. it's it's way too much, um, and either just show me a really subtle notification, or just show me a little badge of an app or whatever on there, you know. Um, I I that I that's what I really hope for. Than always on display is like just calming it all down when I get notifications, you know. Because this has been a kick for me, right? Where I was talking about this with the Apple Watch. Like, I don't need my devices to scream at me so much, like. Mm-mm. we can work together here i'm not like <laughs> working for you phone right like let's be a bit more chill about all of this so yeah that's what i hope for i think it'd be i think it'd be nice and uh i mean not to talk about today but because we have a future topic about what we'd want from the apple watch in the future and i think a lot of mm-hmm. those things could apply to the watch as well about it yeah. being smarter as a always on display mm-hmm. yeah you may have seen in the news that new emoji are coming. This is a weird time of year. Uh, there's a Emojipedia article where this is explained. Yeah, so basically what happened was um, Unicode were going to call off doing anything. And then they changed their minds. So that, But they decided they weren't going to do a full-on, like we're going to approve another 60, 70 emoji or whatever. But they had some that were kind of, I think, going through the process. So they decided to just put them through. And this was released a few months ago, I think, Um, kind of actually towards the end of last year. So what they used to do is they would have their big, like, here are all the approved emoji. And that would hit in, like, January or February. I spoke to Jeremy about this today, by the way, to confirm all of this. Um, That would hit in, like, January or February. But they've now... They are now permanently shifting the schedule. So new emoji will be approved by Unicode in September or October of every year. So what's most likely to happen is Apple would usually release iOS with new emoji towards the end of the year. But now they're most likely going to do it in the spring of the next year or something, right? Unless they're like waiting, ready to start drawing emoji, but it seems unlikely. Um and so then this is going to be like the new thing going forward. They, It's interesting that Apple have done this now. Uh, underscore said in, in the RelayFM Slack, which I thought was really interesting, that iOS 14.5 is going to include new emoji. It's also going to include the new app tracking transparency stuff. Mm-hmm. And we know that Apple use emoji as a way to get people to update their phones, right? they want the new emoji and this could be an interesting carrot and stick obviously the timing is just right like it you know maybe this is going to be the thing anyway but it sure helps because they're really going to want everyone on 14.5 because they're making a big stand right and this could be a way to do that now you'll see a lot of articles that are telling you there were 217 new emoji there's about 20 new ones (laughs) and then there's about 190 variations 
of emoji because they're adding some new uh, couple-focused emoji and with different uh, gender and skin tone variations, it adds up to a much larger number. So that's we will talk about those the actual new emoji, of which there are a bunch later. So when they come out, that's when we'll be doing our Jeremy's where Federico has to try and guess the names of them. But there has been a couple of fun uh, things which we won't do because they're existing emoji. Apple are making some changes to existing emoji. So the headphones are going to look like AirPods Max. The rock climber emoji is going to be wearing a helmet. <laughs> they weren't before. Yeah, I think... Well, that's that's good. And the syringe emoji no longer has blood in it. Right. Thank goodness. Because of vaccinations, right? Ah, uh, so they're repurposing it for vaccine. They're repurposing the emoji. So now it is a much more detailed uh, syringe, which is clear with a clear liquid in it. So clearly this is the covid emoji right which makes sense mm. vaccination emoji so now instead of it being full and dripping of blood which is always a little bit weird anyway it's now they're now repurposing it uh, i assume that this emoji repurposing to be way less uh, controversial than when they repurposed the gun into a water pistol mm-hmm. remember when microsoft did the opposite they had a water pistol and they switched to a gun it was in 24 hours. They went from they went from a space ray gun to a real gun. You don't, you, the, within a day, Apple went from a gun to a water pistol. And Microsoft, I feel for them, they were the only ones that didn't have a real gun. And they did a whole new emoji release. And they were kind of like, all right, we've got to use the real gun because everyone else is using the real gun. And then Apple was like, water pistol! <laughs> oh, man, that's so bad for them. So, yeah, emoji, they come in and then... I guess now emoji will always be a kind of early in the year thing now, probably like a March time thing uh, every year. So I like that actually rather than towards the end of the year because it separates out the Jeremy's a little bit from all of the Rickies. Yep. Which is why they did it. Yeah. So they wanted the press coverage. So uh, we will do that when they're public. So mm-hmm. not today, but soon, very soon. Soon, but not yet. And Federico is staying away from the list of names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not looking. It's good. No cheating. No cheating. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about iOS 14.5 beta two. There's some interesting stuff in there. Uh, but first, I want to tell you a little bit about another show here on Relay FM. That is Parallel. Accessibility in tech has come a long way in the past few years. Operating systems can speak, display high contrast text, and support alternative ways to touch the screen or move around it. And big players in the tech space now speak regularly about their accessibility efforts. But what are those efforts? And is that software actually any good? It's the kind of question you expect pundits and journalists to ask about the tech you use every day. But that's not what most accessibility coverage is actually about. Well, Parallel is a podcast on Relay FM that is changing that. It's hosted by journalist and accessibility expert Shelley Brisbane. Parallel is a tech podcast, but with accessibility sprinkles on top. On Parallel, Shelley and her guest put accessibility into the larger context. Sometimes it's about devices and software. Sometimes it's about living in a world that is powered more and more each day by tech. Recent episodes have focused on how the iPhone's LiDAR sensor can revolutionize accessibility, a newbie's guide to productivity, navigating the Zoom-based world when you're blind, and Uh, Expert takes on what's new in Android. So go check out Parallel. 
with Shelly Brisbane right here on Relay FM. It's relay.fm slash parallel to subscribe. That's relay.fm slash parallel. iOS 14.5 beta 2. So we talked about new emoji. We talked about clarifying that it is the Siri kit media intents. Um, there's some stuff with smart folio cases and shutting off the microphones. What is this? So the 2020 iPad Pros gained a feature that if they were in a smart folio or a magic folio or I don't know, smart magic. Magic Smartfolio. The names are so... Wait, no. Magic Keyboard. That's it. Or Smartfolio. That's the one. I always, I always forget the Magic Keyboard name because there's already enough. Anyway, so you got one of those cases in your iPads that Apple make. When you close it, the case knows that you have closed everything. It shuts off the microphone. They have now added this, or will be adding this, to the iPad, the 8-gen iPad, the iPad Air, and the 11-inch iPad Pro before 2020, the you know the smaller one. I don't know why it's taken so long. Um, this is really weird to me. Like, this is a feature they had back a year ago. I don't know why yes. it's taken a year to roll this out to other devices if it's been technically possible. Because my assumption would have just been that like the 2020 iPad Pro had something on the secure enclave that could do this that other devices couldn't. Seems strange to me. Is it possible that sometimes, and this is going to sound silly, but is it possible that sometimes at Apple they just forget stuff? Or it's like things get... Low priority. Yeah, they get pushed really far down the stack. That's yeah more likely what has occurred. But I can imagine sometimes someone goes, hey, wait, <laughs> why don't we do this for the other devices? And then everyone goes... Oh, yeah, I'd never thought of it. And you know why they do this stuff? Because they are human beings, right? So, like... <laughs> But it's nevertheless, it's just, a, it, I just sometimes find these things strange. It's like it was on one iPad and then none of them and then all of them. Also, I wonder, like, how could it, how could it anyway this happen? Like, how could an app still stay connected to the microphone when you close the folio? Well, you're recording something. Uh-huh. You lock the device with the app in the foreground mm-hmm. and you close the folio. Mm-hmm. And the microphone is now physically disconnected from it. But that feels like a bug, not a feature in the way that you just described it, right? <laughs> like, if you're. Well, you think so. Isn't it just multitasking at that point, keeping it running? It, it is keeping it running. And that's the problem. I think, and I think what's happening here is multitasking will keep it running, but physically the microphone will be disconnected. So you can keep, like, for example, if, you, if you're using. And I don't know if this is how it works, but if you're using something like a VoIP. Uh, call application Mm -hmm. you can keep it running so you can still for example be on the call but the microphone will be physically disconnected from the system which is weird right it's like well it is weird but all you're doing is instead of breaking the whole application we're just going to disconnect the microphone from it yeah so yeah it is a feature after all this is one of those things where like i know why they're doing it it's like it's a good security thing i guess but it's also just like a strange one to me because I just don't know how an app could have been able to do this without, and it's just all, it's weird. But it's it's a thing that they're adding. It's been in other devices. I know I've personally never had a situation where I've cl- like closed a device when I'm supposed to be recording, and I assume that they do the make some of these decisions with data. And it is a super weird use case. I think of like I'm 
actively using the microphone, but I'm going to to close my iPad because the closing of the iPad really does feel like when you close a laptop, right? Like it's away or you're moving somewhere with it or whatever. And the thought of like being on a call <laughs> and then being just like closing it is just weird anyway. So, so like, I don't want to you know, hear from you guys it's, it's anymore. A, it's a definitely a niche use case of it being a problem. But it just stuck out to me as a thing, thing of like, I'm surprised that this hasn't been on the other iPad sooner if it was a possibility. There are more additions to shortcuts, Federico. Yes. Uh, and a couple of these things I assume that you're pretty excited about. Yes, um, there's uh, three new actions. The first one is take a screenshot. So you can now uh, capture a screenshot programmatically in Shortcuts as an action. When you run the action, you'll see the usual screenshot animation with a screen flashing. And you'll capture an image of whatever is currently on screen. So if you're running the shortcut in the Shortcuts app, you'll capture a screenshot of the Shortcuts app. If you're running the shortcut as a widget on the home screen, you'll capture a screenshot of the home screen. Now, this is interesting because we now have a variety of ways to run shortcuts on iOS, which means you could possibly, you could potentially combine this like I did in a, in a tweet yesterday. Uh, you could run this as a widget on the home screen and just speed up the process of taking a screenshot because the shortcut is doing it for you. You could also combine this, in theory, with Backtap, on iOS 14, so you could tap. Do you guys use this? No, no, I do not. But I know plenty of people who do. I tried it in the beta, and it was going off constantly, and then I just stopped. It got better. Okay, I can tell you that it, it got better, but it's still not as it's not foolproof yet. Right, right. But you could do this, like you could tap the back of your device uh, twice, and capture a screenshot. You could do something very, very nice, like back tap, capture a screenshot literally two actions, and then share with the share sheet. Mm. And you could go from like tapping your device to the share sheet coming up with a screenshot ready to share with someone in two seconds. So that's very nice. Uh, you can now control orientation lock from shortcuts in 14.5 beta 2. You can turn a specific uh, orientation, um, you can turn it on or off, or you can toggle. So if it's on, you can toggle it off and vice versa. Max Stories reader Eric had a really nice idea that I think I'm going to steal and do it immediately. Uh, you can make an automation, a personal automation, that whenever you open apps like YouTube or Plex or Apple TV, whatever, any video app, you can turn orientation lock off so you can turn your device to landscape and watch a video. But then the moment you close those apps, turn the orientation lock again. Genius. So your this is device so never smart. switches. Yeah. This is very clever. Yeah. Perfect use case for personal automations and the open and close modes of personal automations in iOS 14. And lastly... Uh, you can control the voice and data modes of your iPhone via shortcuts. Again, you can turn and toggle 4G, 5G voice and data modes from shortcuts. I don't do this. I don't even have 5G enabled myself, but there's a bunch of uh, cool 5G-related things happening in 14.5. These shortcuts actions are one of them. There's also global, um, like 5G dual SIM support globally, and something called 5G... What's it called? Not as 5G SE, 5G SA in, in, for some carriers in America. It's like a specific 5G mode that I, oh, I don't think exists. Oh, the ultra wideband? Yeah, I don't think it, we have it here yet. But there's like a, there's like a, a name for it. 
5G. Now I saw it. Anyway, if you live in America, that 5G mode is now available for you. The millimeter wave? No, there's like a two-letter thing. There's 5GE, no. which is just LTE on AT&T. They just put the name on it. But then there's there's 5G and there's the 5G ultra-wideband, which is millimeter wave. I don't know. I saw this somewhere. It'll come to me eventually. Maybe it's the millimeter wave. I saw an acronym for it. Maybe that's why I'm confused. In any case, that's about it for shortcuts. There's also some new changes in beta tool. Actually, lots of changes in Apple Music that I want to mention. Even though I'm using Spotify and I don't plan on switching from Spotify, uh, these new features are pretty cool. So there's new gestures for adding music to your queue or adding to your library. You can now swipe left and right in the music app. And if you swipe to the right, you'll see these two buttons for uh, play last and play next. So you can now do that without a context menu. Speaking of context menus, though, all pop-up menus in the music app are now native context menus. So in the now playing screen, for example, when you tap the ellipsis button, um, it's not a custom pop-up menu anymore. It's a native context menu, which is faster and just it feels better with the rest of the system. You can now search by record label. And you can also open uh, certain record label pages. I don't usually, like, I don't think I have a need for this, but I think, you know, if you're really into, like, the catalog of a specific record label, I think it's pretty cool. The best feature that I want to mention that I also shared this morning on Twitter, you can now share lyrics from Apple Music. So for any song that has support for real-time lyrics, you can now long press... A line of text in the real-time lyric screen and it brings up this custom share sheet implementation where this is actually very cool uh, and in the lower half of the screen you have your usual extensions in the upper section you have an interactive part of the lyrics where you can select multiple lines of lyrics before sharing them so this is very cool I haven't seen this done anywhere else before it's one of those custom share sheet things that Apple does occasionally. Uh, you can select multiple lines of text, and then you can share it to Instagram. So they have a, sp a special uh, Instagram story layout for those lyrics. Hmm. But you can also create a, an audio clip for iMessage. And you can create this custom lyrics card that you can share on iMessage with other people. And what's really cool is that in the Messages app, you can then play that audio clip, that song clip, and it plays at that specific part of the song where the lyrics are. It's really well done. It's a fantastic way to share like a specific portion of a song with someone. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really curious to see if that in sort of semi-interactive share sheet where you can show the share sheet and then you can select the stuff you want to share. I wonder if that's going to come to developers or not in the future. Uh, still, uh, this is not enough to sort of lure me away from Spotify but man Apple is really killing it with their lyrics implementation in Apple Music and Spotify has a lot to catch up to here because this is super well done yeah it seems like they're kind of flexing on the thing that they have the tools and ability for like I'm sure um, Shazam really helped with a lot of this yeah. kind of stuff right of like understanding parts of songs and syncing everything up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I think that was clearly a good strategic uh, investment for them to go for that. 
the the way that the share sheet works is it seems it's weird so like is that so you 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 press share and you're basically given a share sheet with all of the lines in it in little bubbles yes do you scroll through that can you scroll through that and select so let's try again the, so what I you want long press on the lyrics you can uh-huh. scroll you can scroll and you can select this seems quite quite complicated based on some of the other stuff that i've seen uh from the share sheet i guess well it's actually quite easy to do just that section of the screen is a scrollable page basically right and you can select and it's really well done and then when you reach the limit you get an error message you can select up to five lines of text then you get a an alert but yeah this is i i don't think this is a, a public API for developers to have like a scrollable part of the share sheet where you can sort of double check mm. the thing you're sharing basically um, I I actually think it's really well done um, and the lyrics match the, the little bubbles they match the color of the uh, now playing screen so in the case of yeah, it's nice. Evermore by Taylor Swift for example they're little brown bubbles uh, matching the cover art of the album uh, really well done Really well done. Works on iPhone, works on iPad, same, same system. Yeah, it, I think it looks really well done. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I, I like this Apple Music becoming more social thing. I mean, I'm not saying reinvent ping, but being able to share specific things or have playlists that are public if you want that, it's, it's good. They're catching up to Spotify in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, most importantly, though, Mac Rumors called you a developer. <laughs> Yeah, in this article. So interesting choice. I Any news say. there? <laughs> yeah, I gave up Mac stories for my, uh, you know, developer. De- what, develop- what are you working on? Yes, I'm working on. Uh, I'm working on uh, multiple apps actually. Yes. Yeah. So I. I don't know. Uh, you can really tell the Mac rumors. They stepped up their their game when it comes to leaks. They already know that I'm building an app, and they already called me a developer. So. I got to pick Mac rumors, I guess, instead of 9 to 5 Mac. Good job in discovering that I gave up Mac stories to become a developer. I wonder who leaked it. Must must have been John Voorhees. Yeah. Is he really doing the development work for you? No, I'm doing the development. He's doing the leaking. <laughs> Someone's got to <laughs> handle the leaking. Vice president of leaks. <laughs> Professional leaker. He's basically a plumber. The plumbers fix leaks. That's that the plumbers who come to take care of John when John leaks. Right. Sometimes I think the plumbers actually they they cause the damage oh. so that then later they can repair it and ask you for money. Well, this is this is similar to my no disre- Okay, no disrespect oh, to no. lawyers and accountants. <laughs> go on, oh. go there, go there. Oh. I want to hear this. Go there. Don't I be afraid. I have friends who are lawyers and accountants. It's a great profession because it's needed. But I, my, my belief is that lawyers and accountants exist, so lawyers and accountants can exist. I don't think you're the systems. I, I don't think that you're wrong. They could that they are a part of are so complicated, and they have been overcomplicated to the point that the average person can't understand them. And I think it's to help that entire industry exist. It's a job opportunity. Especially when the thing that drives me so mad is the, like, I have my accountant, right? I pay my accountant lots of money to do all my stuff for me, all my returns, all my, like, taxes and stuff. And then when they're done, they send them to me for my approval. I don't understand them. That's why you do them. But, like, legally, they're not 
Like, they have no legal obligation. Like, if there's an error, it's like, oh, well, that's on you now. Why? I pay you. So, anyway, this is my whole thing. I think that this is a... a they, these industries exist, so these industries can exist. I waited this entire episode for this rant, and I thank you for it, Michael. I agree with you. That was beautiful. If you want to find links to the stories we spoke about, head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash three three three. While you're there, you can get in touch via email, send us some feedback or follow up, or you can join and become a member to get Connected Pro, which Mike mentioned earlier, an ad-free longer version of the show each and every week. You also get a bunch of other cool Relay FM perks like access to the members-only Discord. You can find us all online. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E, and he's on Twitch at Mike.Live. Mike, anything else you want to share this week? I love everyone again. You can find Federico on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. I'm the editor-in-chief. Editor-in-chief. <laughs> yeah, it's not editor-in-chief. 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 Federico, when you were a little boy, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, that's a good question. So, uh, two things. One more complicated than the other. Let me see the English spelling of this word. So, I either wanted to be a paleontologist. Mm. Mm, a person who studies um, fossil, like fossils and dinosaurs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or a video game journalist. And the second one, I guess it's kind of similar to what, I, to what I'm doing now. All it's, I mean, I have a video game podcast. Uh, I'm not strictly speaking a journalist, but I write about software. So second one got closer to what I'm doing now. But yeah, I was super into like fossils and um, discovering things. And then I realized when I was about like in middle school that there was going to be a lot of physics and chemistry involved in that type of career. And I... And I you know, I, and, I, and I realized, no, I'm never going to do that. That's not what I want to do. Like, I just figured that I could put on a helmet and have a little shovel and go out there in the world and discover dinosaurs. That's not exactly how it works, being a paleontologist. So I No, I feel like that's mostly one of those careers where you, you're, you're hoping for something to happen. I expect right. a lot of the time. Like, I guess a lot of the time you really are just sifting through dirt i don't know <laughs> yes right yes. with a little brush yeah and, and just waiting dirt from stones <laughs> yes i that. have a similar one that i wanted to be an egyptologist when i was a Ooh, kid yes 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 i had that fascination as well isn't that weird i feel like i've met a lot of people in my life that were like oh yeah specifically fascinated with ancient egypt <laughs> right? yeah because like, it's wild they they built pyramids and worshiped the sun like and mummified people yeah, it's all and the, wild. Yeah, I mean, those, you know, the Egyptians are, you know, wild people doing crazy things thousands of years ago. Yep. And like, I don't know, I, I have a friend who, now he's, he's doing a different job, but for three, four years maybe, he was the assistant of this like really famous like dude in Egypt, like he used to say there was like the most famous Egyptologist mm-hmm. around. This guy like is a big deal in Egypt doing documentaries and like excavation sites. And every time we talked on FaceTime, he was telling me like 
that is boss like they just and their team is like yeah we just discovered like this new site with like 20 mummies it's like okay <laughs> that's super cool yeah i'm very fascinated by by that whole thing and um what's it called the the alphabet that they have the, the, the hieroglyphics basically emoji right like basically emoji yeah. and the paintings and the paintings mm-hmm. yeah it's very cool we should go to we should go see the pyramids. Uh, I would point. love to go see the pyramids one day. Me too. Okay, cool. So next Relay FM live show inside a pyramid. <laughs> Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> Relay FM live in Cairo. <laughs> live live in Cairo. Wow. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I bet the acoustics in those pyramids are just like next level <laughs> in either good or horrifically echoey right like it's one or the other but it's going to be an experience either way well, i don't know i mean the mummies are wrapped in cloth and you know cloth absorbs sound so steven what are your thoughts on being mummified it seems like a lot of trouble forever has to do it to me yeah probably expensive do you know how they get the brain out through the nose through the nose baby yeah. A big spike. With like a with like a straw. They oh, it that was what I was expecting. <laughs> I don't think you pay when you wanted to be an Egyptologist. You weren't paying attention, Federico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And these are the questions you ask on a first date, Stephen. This would be a lively first date discussion, though, right? If you want to find me on the internet, I am ISMH on Twitter and Twitch and write 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Peendom and ExpressVPN. And if you're looking for an awesome tech podcast with accessibility at the heart of it, go check out Parallel on Relay FM. Until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.